Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, welcome to episode 247 and welcome to all of my new listeners. I know that there's a lot of you, not just from in Australia, but uh, right around the world. So welcome. I am absolutely ecstatic to have you here. I think we are about to hit 200,000 downloads, which is insane. I heard someone else say on a podcast the other day, some some uh, some crime podcasters that I listened to, that apparently they said less than 1% hit 100,000. So I'm not sure on the, on the 200,000. Anyway, I'm super excited. So we'll do a bit of a celebration for that soon. But today I wanted to give you guys my thoughts or some thoughts around Australia Day. Now, I have thought about doing this last year and, you know, it's just so controversial. I just was like, no. I think last year there was enough to talk about around all of the COVID stuff. Um, But I've had quite a few of you have said, please, Renee, will you talk about Australia Day? And I have hesitated, but I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I think there is an angle that I can come from here that I'm more comfortable with Um, because as you are all aware, even for those of you perhaps, um, you know, I've seen some Americans jumping on uh, socials and doing reels saying Happy Australia Day. So even if you are outside of Australia, um, this will probably be interesting for you guys to listen to. Uh, As you know, it has become very, very controversial here to celebrate Australia Day, which happens on January the 26th. So um, that was uh, a week ago now. And um, I do wonder though, um, the reason for the controversy, um, probably what you'll hear is that people are protesting about changing the date, but I'm not so sure that that actually is the actual uh, you know, the main cause of the controversy, or if it's actually the idea of celebrating being Australian, because I have heard some people say, oh, we just want the date changed and others going, no, we want to abolish it all together. Now, the reason I've kind of hesitated, right, is because this is a topic that people on both sides, whichever side you're on, feel extremely strong about. Uh, And I think it really depends on your experiences or, you know, you might've had friends that have had different experiences. So I want to talk about it today from a perspective that I feel like we can all embrace, right? Because what I, what I don't want to do today is to get bogged down in the argument for or against either side. Um, I will make a couple of observations about a few things, but the reason I don't want to do that is because, well, firstly, it really just doesn't change anyone's mind. Like everyone listening right now, you've already probably got a pretty set idea of what you think about the Australia Day issue. Um, You know, you're probably pretty set. Um, And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, to be honest. I I know that some people will be like, oh, but you know, you're normally, no, I wouldn't say controversial. I actually don't like being called controversial. What I do is, um, 
I challenge you guys to think for yourself. And I really appreciate it when people say that. They're like, no, Renee actually doesn't tell us what to think. She tells us how to think. And uh, that's probably what I want to do on this one as well. I don't want to tell you what to think, but I do want to kind of unpack it a little bit. And hopefully we can all think a little bit more wisely about this issue. Because what I do not want today, guys, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I certainly do not want to end up with the, the very thing that we're seeing right now that we don't need more of. And that is division. Okay. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, that I guess my, my biggest thought on this whole Australia Day thing is that fighting about it in the way that we are is not making anyone's lives better, right? Like it's not making Aboriginal Australia better. It's not making white Australia better. It is not making migrant Australia better. And most of all, it's not making our children who are the future of Australia. It's not making their lives better either. And we are not going to get anywhere as a nation if we remain divided. And that's exactly what we have right here, right? We've just got another example of our nation being split into sides and being made to choose. And that really makes me sad because it's happening more and more over different issues. Um, you know, it, it, they've, they've been pitting us against each other, you know, vaxxed or unvaxxed, for BLM, against BLM, keep the monarchy, ditch the monarchy, same-sex marriage, no same-sex marriage. It's just all divide, divide, divide. And we all know that saying that, you know, divided we fall and united we stand. And so we need to remember that you know, unity is what we're going for. But guys, unity doesn't actually require agreement. Okay. My family is unified, right? Like we are hardcore unified, the Bennett's, but we certainly do not agree all the time. So agreement and unity are two different things. And I think we've forgotten that, you know, we do not have to agree to keep our unity in this country, but it just seems like that's a dying lesson. And it's no wonder that God talks about unity in the Bible and being one body, right? Because that is how we function best. That is what is best for all of us. So I've been reading lots of different articles. Um, and again, it was really hard to find an article that kind of sat in the middle. The The articles were very much one way or, or the other. And Anyway, I was reading about some of the protests that had been happening around different states on Australia Day, uh, which, like I said, was about a week ago. And, you know, some of what I was reading, like it was fine and it was peaceful. But then there was this one example of a Greens leader who was shouting, you know, this is war. It was this female uh, Greens um, leader, I think it was in Melbourne. Anyway, and she was shouting at this rally, this is war. And then she was talking about the upcoming referendum to put an Indigenous voice in Parliament, which by the way, a lot of Indigenous people are against that. And uh, well, this lady, her words were to vote no. And this, I quote this, she goes, kick it to the ground like Australia. It's like, oh my gosh, like it's really sad to think that we're telling people to kick Australia to the ground. Another Greens candidate said, white Australia, this is the day of reckoning, right? Which just sounds so much like a threat, like, hey, it's payback time to, you know, all the white people. 
And, um, you know, when we pit sides like that and we're against each other like that, I just wonder how can that be healthy for our nation? Like, how is that healthy for our children? You know, I've been a teacher for a long time and my observation and most teachers' observation would be that, you know, you can have white children and children of color sitting side by side in classrooms all across our country and they'll learn to, learning together and they play together and they're friends. And here we are, right? Like we... If, when left alone, they literally, they just love each other. Kids don't judge each other on the same things that we judge one another on. And here we are telling them to be at war with one another because of the color of their skin. And I just wonder how is this going to help them in their future? All that's going to do is teach them to hate one another, you know, and to tell them to kick Australia to the ground that's telling them to destroy one another's home, right? Like that kind of division is only going to tear us apart further. Now, when I think back to, you know, decades of being an Australian, one thing that we've been really good at is celebrating our diversity. And we've had so much pride in the fact that we're so multicultural. And somehow it feels like all that hard work is just coming undone. And so, the thoughts running through my mind is I don't even want to really kind of think about what my opinion is on it because I can just see all this hate is not doing us any good. That judging one another is not doing us any good. And the other thing I'm seeing, which like I said before, it's not just been on Australia Day, but I've been observing this in so many other issues, is the way that we're being made to choose sides. And um, you know, we're being presented like with, with two options. It's either or, and I'm seeing this happen over and over. So these are the two sides we're being given here. And I don't know if it's the media doing this or, or what, because most people that I know don't sit on either side. They kind of sit somewhere in the middle. So it's like, if you want to cancel Australia Day, then you're on the Indigenous side, right? And if you don't want to cancel Australia Day, you're against the Indigenous people. And, and clearly, we all know one side is the right side, one side's the wrong side. But guys, I think we have to start getting a lot smarter that when something is being presented to us like that, it's either or. We have to start asking questions because that is wrong. There are other options here, right? Like, why can't we be on the same side? Why can't we be on both? Why can't we be on the side of Indigenous Australians and still also want to be able to have an opportunity to celebrate our beautiful country? Like, why can't we love both? Why can't we acknowledge both? Um, why can't we commemorate and celebrate? Now, maybe we do need to change the date and the day so that we can do that. But it's like it's being pitted to us as one or the other. And the way that it's being presented right now, I just know that what's going to happen is we're all going to end up on the losing team. So if I think about like a marriage relationship, right, one of the keys to a good marriage is it's not about who wins and who loses. In fact, 
when one person wins in a marriage, you actually both lose, right? That's the whole wrong way to look at issues or problems. And the number one reason for divorce is not money and it's not sex, but it's when one person always tries to win. That is harmful to your marriage, right? Because when one person tries to win, they're trying to defeat their the other person, which means they're defeating the person that they love, their spouse. It turns your partner into your opponent, and it turns your relationship into a battleground. Now, true love in a healthy marriage is not about victory for one and defeat for the other. It's actually about the triumph of unity together, right? The better way is when we seek to understand the other person. And seeking to understand the other doesn't mean that we agree or that we let go of what we value. But when I seek to understand you and you seek to understand me, that's the best way forward, right? When you empathize with one another, then each person feels respected, which then decreases conflict and increases the chance for reconciliation. So how about we use that um, analogy uh, on, on this entire Australia Day situation, right? So it's not about taking a side. It's not about winning because all that's doing is dividing us. It's making us each other's opponent when what we should be is on the same side, on the same team, the team that wants our shared home and all its people to flourish, right? And it's really sad to be observing the anger and the shaming and the misunderstanding. And I'm talking about both sides, okay? Now, the fact remains, of course, we can't change our history. Now, we should certainly never try to erase our history, What we can do is learn from our history and then work together to make a better future. I don't know one Australian of any color or background who does not absolutely abhor what was done under British British governance to the Aborigines, right? Like not one. So that means, guys, we're actually in agreement. We are on the same side. We already have common ground, and that is a great foundation for us to build on together. Now, I think that we uh, we have to do what's going to bring out the best in our nation and what is going to be the best for every single Australian and move away from what brings out the worst and the worst in us. You know, I learned so much from watching both sets of my grandparents in the decades after they lived through World War II. You guys would have, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, would probably have heard me talk about the fact that both of my grandparents lived in Holland during the war. And they both had very different um, kind of, uh, well, very similar experiences because they actually um, lived in different towns, but they were having a very similar, obviously, experience being in the same country. They were all born in Holland, all lived through World War II. And it was interesting how later on in life, um, I got to observe two quite different reactions to what they saw. So one sets of my grandparents, I watched really struggled to um, to reconcile what they'd witnessed uh, and what had happened to them, um, and compl- like understandably so. But then on the other hand, I had my other set of grandparents who, you know, experienced the same thing, and yet they seemed to choose to take what was a terrible situation and turn it for good. They helped the Jewish people escape. 
Um, you know, and even though they didn't speak a lot about the war, um, I never observed anger or bitterness. One thing I would say is they were my grandparents that, um, you know, no matter all of us grandchildren, they were so accepting. They were so loving. They were empathetic. Um, and they were married for nearly, uh, I think it was 68 years and both lived into their nineties. And I just learned so much from observing, right? These are some of the things I learned. I learned that hate never wins. I learned that resentment only ends up punishing us, not them. I learned that unforgiveness makes you sick, that bitterness shrivels you up, and that one path truly does lead to love and light, and the other one really does lead to darkness. You know, I've learned that love always wins. I love 2 Corinthians 13. It's often read out in weddings, that whole chapter about love that talks about three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. And that scripture talks about how love always wins. It always believes the best. It always forgives. And what if we were to take a few lessons from, say, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Why don't we let him be our teacher for a moment? A black man who lived in a time where people of color were treated with such contempt and they suffered so much, being so segregated from the rest of society. And, you know, this man had the ability to rally everyone of all backgrounds, all colors, all creeds. He had the ability to unite black and white like nobody else had before him. So if we were to take a few quick lessons from Martin Luther King Jr., I would say, number one, he taught us definitely to love others. He believed in the power of love. Even after all the suffering and wrongdoing that he that his people had been through, he taught love and not hate. He said, love always wins in the end, but when we return hate for hate, nobody wins. And of course, his famous quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do do that. Secondly, he taught us not to judge other people by their appearance. You know, according to Martin Luther King Jr., the most important thing about a person is the goodness of their character. And thirdly, he taught, I mean, he taught us so many more things than these three, but he also taught us to forgive. You know, he said, um, as much as that is a hard lesson to learn, we should never allow hatred to develop in our hearts toward anyone. Hatred, he says, only causes us pain. And another quote from him, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. You know, can you imagine if all the Indigenous people of Australia could sit down with all of the white people of Australia and they could explain their pain and tell us of their trauma and what colonisation has done to them and we could listen and hear and seek to understand and imagine them being able to embrace one another and being able to say we're sorry for the pain that you're carrying and we see you and we love you. And what I think we need is a generation that can do what past generations have failed to do, which is to actually reconcile. Like we see that word a lot, right? Like reconciliation. And I know there have been apologies, but sadly, I think one thing I've never heard back is we forgive you. And the thing is, reconciliation can never happen without that. And forgiveness goes both ways. And with love and forgiveness comes true healing. And that means that then we can truly come together in unity and build our country and our future together. Like what hopeful words that they are, love, forgiveness, healing, unity, and building together. And who knows what could happen then, right? Like maybe we do decide to put Invasion Day and Australia Day behind us and make a new day going forward where we can appreciate our past, um, where we can remember the good and the bad, and 
everything that has made our nation what it is today. Uh, One thing that I was reading about, because I was a bit interested in how this has played out in other countries. And so it was really interesting. I don't know a lot about it, but I was reading up a little bit about New Zealand. Maybe we can learn from our neighboring country. Now, you're not going to hear me say that very often, um, especially with the, although although Jacinta Ardern, guys, she just um, resigned. So that's interesting. But from what I've been reading, there was a treaty that was written uh, and it seems to have done a lot to help encourage harmony between them. So it was written right back at the start, which I think is maybe what, especially, I don't know, maybe we could have saved ourselves a lot of pain, but it was written in 1840 between the British and the Maori. Um, And this was an agreement on how they could set up government and build together. Now, there is some controversy from what I read because apparently the English version, which was the British version, was different in parts to the Maori one. So there seems to be some disagreement and it's certainly not perfect. And they are continuing to work towards further agreement on that. But at least there seems to have been like some starting ground and some common ground. So I don't know, maybe we can do that too, like create a new tradition and a new day and dream of what things could look like together. Because all I'm seeing right now is that we are all losing, like I said before. You know, people are protesting, declaring war, teaching hate. Nobody's enjoying being Australian. Like I was thinking when we first moved to Brisbane, they used to celebrate Australia Day here way more than Christmas. Like Adelaide was the opposite. Adelaide was massive on Christmas. We, there was always lights everywhere. And here it was like, do they even celebrate Christmas? Um, but Australia Day was massive and now it's not that way at all. There's very few flags or Australian beach towels or hats with our flags stamped on them. I mean, cars used to ride around with flags, you know, attached to them. And, you know, the shops seem to be empty of anything Australian. Um, And it's like they're too afraid to sell it and maybe we're too afraid to buy it. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of sad because it's just not enjoyable being Australian anymore. And those that do want to celebrate feel shamed and guilted. And, you know, I can just see both sides to this and it's, you know, it's kind of um, a really sad day. You know, I love that song that we always used to sing about, um, I am, you are, we are Australian. You know, it used to say, we are one, we are many. Uh, I am, you are, we are Australian. Like, where's that unity gone? Like, why can't we learn from what is behind, look forward to what is ahead, count our blessings, be grateful for what we have, love one another, learn from one another, teach one another, enjoy one another. You know, scripture, uh, Romans 12, 21, what great advice to take where it says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, past evil cannot be overcome with present evil. Past hate cannot be overcome with present hate. Past racism cannot be overcome with present racism. Instead, we have to overcome evil with good, right? That means we overcome past evil with love, with forgiveness, and with moving towards one another. Divided, we are going to fall, and I think we are falling right now, and we are failing the next generation. This is not a good legacy that we're passing on. Now, one voice that I do really respect in this space is Jacinta Nampiyanapa Price. 
Um, now, she is a voice that I think we certainly can gain some wisdom from. She is um, an Aboriginal female country liberal senator for the Northern Territory. Now, she's someone that I do choose to listen to because I've watched her for years. I love her conservative values, but I've also seen over many years that she truly knows and wants what is actually best for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. She's an Indigenous woman who fiercely loves her country and fiercely advocates for her people on the ground and in Parliament. She's courageous. She's an Australian who understands her people and who knows that this division is doing nothing for them. So she's really against the protesting against Australia Day because she says that it's just a distraction from fixing the issues that will actually help the marginalized people. So her recent article reflects what I've been saying here today. Um, Now, this article might have been 2022, I think, but it was in response to the, the Channel 10 chief content officer telling her employees that they should not feel obliged to celebrate Australia Day. And Jacinta Price came out really hard. And and I'll quote what she said. She goes, quote, I'm sick to death of all these privileged individuals who have decided they know what's best for us and who assume that as a group, Indigenous Australians all think the same and see ourselves as victims, Senator Price said. It's really denigrating. It removes our agency and it suggests, of course, that they know what's best for us and our needs. It's disgusting and I'm done with it. So what she's trying to say here is, um, or what she's saying is that this division, it's not helping anyone. Uh, it's not helping Aboriginal Australians. It's not helping white Australia. It's not helping migrant migrant Australia. She also said exactly that in another article. And I really like that perspective. You know, and maybe the point of all this is exactly that, right? That maybe the government and the media love us tearing one another apart like wolves on this issue, because while we're fighting over this, we're not focused on the real issues at hand, right? Like on the sexually abused children in remote communities or women losing their lives and who experience the highest rates of domestic violence in the nation or the addiction crisis amongst the Indigenous, you know, they're completely off the hook, right? The media, the government, if they don't have to focus on these issues. And that's a lot of what Jacinta Price is saying. It's like, while we're distracted about this and fighting and tearing each other apart, uh, we're not focused on the things that are really, truly going to help. So, you know, it's really frustrating. Watch this play out like a broken record. Every, every year, we know, a couple days leading up to Australia Day, it gets really, really tense. It's like, here we go. The tensions heighten. Um, and, and it's segregating people. You can tell because people change their, um, you know, their, uh, their Facebook profile or, you know, some people do put up a flag. Some people won't put up a flag. It's just horrible. I, I literally this year just thought, I'm just not even going on social media. I'm just done with with the division that it's all causing. And, uh, you know, it's like you just got to hold tight. It's like we all have to actually intentionally think about it. I mean, years ago, I never would have thought about it. Just be like, happy Australia Day, love my country. But now it's like, you know, do you post? Don't you post? I'll offend if I do. I'll offend if I don't. Am I allowed to be grateful for my home? You know, my parents came here as migrants. What responsibilities do I have? And it's just horrible. And we're all walking around on eggshells and the atmosphere is so thick, we can cut it like a knife. And then we all breathe a sigh of relief because now it's over. Now 
I'm not hearing a thing. And again, is this the media doing this? Like the media are all over it. And now crickets, nothing. You know, I took my kids to a cafe for Australia Day and I think I said something like, I'm really grateful to live in Australia. Happy Australia Day or something like that. And maybe I said it a little too loud because they were like, shh, mom, not so loud. And I was a bit taken aback. I was like, why? You know, and my kids are feeling it, right? Like we've brought them up to love, to be compassionate towards others, to be grateful for what we have, including the country that we live in. And I look at my kids and I'm like, my kids want to be both. They, they're they grateful and they're also empathetic. Um, you know, and I just wanted to end with this, something that I've never, ever, ever told you guys before. And most of you will not know, but Cameron and his family actually have a uh, in an indigenous heritage. So it all began when years ago, back before I even met him, there was um, an indigenous family at our church and um, there were three sisters. And one of them came up to Cameron's dad one day and said, my gosh, you look just like the such and such tribe from the Northern Territory. I, I can't remember who it was that she said now, are you indigenous? And he, and that's how it all, the conversation started. And, um, and then a few years later, Cameron's cousin died and his cousin was given an Aboriginal burial, which is like, what? Okay. And clearly this is a bit closer to home than what we realized. And, um, we also had suspicions, which then Cameron's dad told us about because his dad, which is Cameron's grandfather, who died when Cameron's dad was only four, so he was just little himself, he fought in the war. And there's this one photograph of him. And in this photograph, he definitely looks indigenous. And then the description of him on his conscription papers um, to the war um, also describe him um, as dark complexion, black curly hair. And so there's clearly... um, It's just so hard to verify, but we talk about this in our family all the time. And it's hard to verify the exact details, of course, because back then Australia certainly did not record this information on birth certificates. Plus, as we would all know, interracial couples were uh, were frowned upon. So times certainly have changed. So Cameron and my children have got Indigenous heritage, right? Now, Cameron is fiercely patriotic as is his father. They are both like bumbling babies when the Australian anthem is sung and they're especially moved on on anything to do with the Anzacs um, because obviously not only did Cameron's grandfather uh, fight in the war, but my father-in-law lost an uncle in the war. Um, And then his own dad, who, like I said, fought in the war, died soon after due to an illness. So, you know, and then of course, you know, um, my side of the story. Uh, so we each come with our own stories and our own journeys of how we got to be here in this country. And some like Cameron have ties to the very foundation of Australia before British settlement. And then others like me might only have ties back one generation. I'm first generation Australian. My mom and dad, were both born in Holland and both came to, came to Australia um, via boat. So all of our stories are different. All of our stories matter and all of our journeys mean something. And I think what we can do is each take responsibility for right now and take responsibility for the part in history that our lives are playing. 
and make sure that that part is a better story, a story of love, a story of forgiveness, and a story of healing. So for me, I choose love. I choose love for my country. I choose love for all fellow Australians. And may God bless our nation and our home, Australia. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Um, I love you guys. I love all of you. Thank you for for listening and for having an opening, an opening, an open heart today. Uh, come join me on Friday for Parenthood Friday. Otherwise, I really look forward to being with you next week. And if you've got any thoughts on this, or you've got another topic that you'd like me to talk on, please come and chat with me on Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast.